tonight. I got a Kirin Ichiban, which I have not had in like a year now. Is that is that the beer you're drinking? Yeah, it's a good beer. Nice. Uh, is it is it actually like Japanese or is it um, like one of those micro brews that is themed? No, it's actual. It's a Japan import. Uh, there's a sushi place by my work, and they got this big Ichiban sign up, and I think about it all the time, but I never go in there, and I also don't know if I want a beer with sushi. That makes sense. I don't know how well those would go together. Um, but I was at the grocery store, and they had these on the very bottom, and I thought, that's where they are. <laughs> I gotta look lower. How much are they? Um... Like, normal? I, I want to say it's, like, comparable to the Budweiser's. Oh, okay. Some of that it, stuff gets expensive. It's not, like, some special thing. Okay. Yeah. The only I, Japanese beer... I think, though, beer, what it was... Is... I was going to say, the only Japanese beer that I've had is uh, Sapporo, but I think that's just a recipe, because I'm pretty sure that's brewed in the Milwaukee area, as far as, like, distribution in um, the United States. But that stuff's pretty good. Yeah, that's good, too. I think, though, what got me really thinking about it was we found a VR chat world that was uh, very Japanese, and they had Ichiban cans out. And oh, I was just wonderful. sort of like, I was sitting there, and I'm like, I'm <laughs> I'm smoking a pretend cigarette and looking at this pretend beer, and it's like, I think I want one of these for realsies. Mm-hmm. It's been too long. We, uh, we had some uh, adventures in VR chat, uh... This week, I don't know if we want to talk about that at all, because boy, howdy, was that fun? Oh yeah, go ahead. Well, we went to uh, we went to an art museum filled with AI generated furry art, which I think we talked about on the podcast once previously, because you had gone there the week prior with Joe, um, and I was like, well, I got I gotta see this for myself, and we went, and I told we took pictures of us looking at the art and being very snooty art critics. And it was, uh, it was wild. Like, I'm looking at some of it right now, and it, it amuses me so much. These weird, like, amalgamations of, of, of weird prompts that don't belong together. Um, but there was also, like, we were there for a while, just talking about stuff, and either being like, oh, that's cool, it's like this and this, I can see the building blocks, or oh, what if you would have done it this way, you know, put this word in, like, I don't know. It it felt like a weird form of like actual being in a museum and wandering around and looking at the wings, but also there was more like just bizarre shit. And then um I think his name was Vicious, the the guy who actually created the world showed up for a bit and we we hung out with him and Victorious. he was a hoot. Victorious. Why do I keep thinking oh, I get the first the first letter right. Yeah. Um but he was he was very fun. And just, like, talking to him like he was, like, an actual museum cur- uh, curator. Like, oh, yeah, you know, the, really, it's for everybody, you know, just... Uh, he had a a personality to him that was, like, extremely kind of funny and endearing, but also, like, I wasn't sure how much was a bit and how much was, like, um, just him being himself, which is always kind of the fun thing with VR chat. Like, uh, you never know who you're going to run into, and then, like, what version of that person you're going to run into. Because I know, like, Joe will, especially if he's been drinking, he, he likes to hop on for a while and hang out in public rooms and just dance and be a little more extravagant than uh, than is normal for him, having lived with him. 
but I liked him. He was fun. Um, and I, I like how seriously he's kind of taking this world while also still sort of acknowledging it. It's kind of stupid. I, oh, I yeah. think that's I a mean, good it's, balance. It's totally a joke, but it's also, it's also an art museum. It's a well done joke. Like I, I love the, 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 the thesis of it, right? It is very clever and he's doing great things with it and making it worth everybody's time. Like if you have VR chat, I would go to this place, go find the, the AI furry art museum and, and have a, and have a romp around. It's fun. But then we went to a similar place, but that was just feet. And that was funny. Oh yeah. So that, that was the other thing. Cause like, like, uh, Victorious, I think, knows that I'm like a cringe lord, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't remember how the subject came up, but he he brought up like a feet museum, and so I was like, well, we gotta check that out. And the the hoops you have to jump through to get there, because like if anyone out there's never used VR chat, you kind of just search, and a thing comes up, and you click on it, and you'll go there. This was like hidden, where you couldn't search for it. You can find a foot museum. But it's like shoes and it's pictures of shoes. And there's like a back door where you walk through and it links to a portal and you go to that world. And that world is just another link to a different unlisted world. And that's the one where it's bare feet. And it was like upsetting to be there. Like it was so it it felt like I was going to get a disease or something the longer I stayed in there. It was it was so like enchanting though because the museum aspect itself like the design of the level was really good. Well crafted. Very well crafted. There was a song in the background about feet uh linked through YouTube. I don't know what song it was, but it was really funny. Just the fact that like there is the, the ambience of this place is like a shit post song about feet in a museum of feet that is clearly pornographic. But also not pornographic because you're not actually seeing um, any genitalia. But like the, the shots, the way they're framed, uh, the way the women are in them are like looking or in, in, in posed and stuff like that. Like it's clearly this is a foot fetish museum, full stop. It's not trying to be anything but. However, the way it's structured and the way everything is put together, like you could argue it is, it skates underneath the rules. Like if I reported it, I could see it not getting taken down. I did not report it because I'm not a buzzkill. And I appreciate the links this person went to, like, you know, you have to really be searching to find it. You can't just, like, accidentally stumble upon it. You have to specifically go there. So, like, I, you know, credit where it's due. But just the way, like, the lighting was in the museum and the, the buttresses and the lamps and the, the, the flooring, you know, this kind of red plush carpet. Like, the way everything was put together was so deliberate and, like, classy and nice and then just all the pictures and that in that are in frames are just like porn shots of feet with the boobs cut out you know kind of thing it was so it was so bizarre it was very internet bizarre and i was i was just i was having a good time because like it's one of those things that just doesn't should should not and does not need to exist but it does and here we are and now we get to appreciate it because the internet gonna internet I think that's the trick is choosing to enjoy things. I think I think yeah, part of it, right? Like I don't there's a certain level of like expectations too, right? I've gone into stuff with high expectations and then I'm disappointed versus going into something with no expectations and you're like fuck yeah. I have a great example of that that's music related. 
uh, Nickelback put out a new song. My expectations for Nickelback songs, despite I like that band, but my expectations for their music are not, like, super high. Like, they gotta release anything above a 5 out of 10, and I'm gonna be like, fuck yeah, this is what I want out of this band. Whereas, like, bands like Shinedown and Five Finger Death Punch and Hailstorm and, uh, Rivers of Nile, you know, all these other bands I listen to, like, I have a, a much higher expectations for them because they're consistently putting out better music. Well, Five Finger Death Punch, uh, not always, but... So, these bands I really like put out music over this year and last year, and I was like, God, I'm really not feeling it. Like, it's just, like, they're not hitting that, like, that threshold I've set. Whereas Nickelback puts out a song, and it's, like, basically a 6 out of 10. I'm like, fuck yeah. Hell yeah, I am so enjoying this song. I've listened to it a bunch. It's fun to sing to. And I can enjoy it because I kind of just, like, let myself enjoy it. I don't have to get wrapped up in any, like, bullshit. I can just be like, no, this is what I want. This is fun. Um, I feel like that way a lot with VR chat worlds because they're... They don't, none of them need to exist. There's literally no expectations out of any of them. So when you go into something and it's like even remotely a little good, I feel like it's worth being in even for like five minutes. I think the other thing is like, and this is the enjoyment that I used to have in Second Life. It was just finding something that somebody spent time on and then thinking about why did they spend time on this? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you can tell like, oh, this person was bored. And then other times, oh, this was a collab. Like, people were laughing as they put this together. And that joy is, like, in the cement that you're standing on. It's an ingredient, you know? I I took uh, the other guys to that one uh, grocery store. Did I show you Omega Mart? Um, God, we've been to a handful of grocery stores now, which is really funny in itself. But I don't know if we went to that one. Okay, this was real recent. Maybe maybe you didn't see that yet. Um, I'm, I'll send you a couple pictures and you can tell me. But the joke is all the products are like poorly photoshopped. Um, or no, not poorly. A, a lot of them are just like photoshopped fake products that are funny. So it's like uh, instead of pockets. Advil PM, it's, it's like corn PM or like things that don't make sense or it's like a headache inducing headache remover and some enema um stuff like that but it's a whole grocery store of just these like weird things and you can tell it's a collab thing like this was probably a discord and a bunch of people shipped in their products and a lot of you know there's posters of all the different people like in ads and stuff and it's just it's very fun to explore partially because the jokes are good but also because it's like uh, you know this is kind of nice because it's like someone sharing an inside joke and letting you join the inside yeah i've never really gotten to be part of something in that way like obviously i've made games with people you know i've done the global game jam with my brother and his friends a handful of times but i feel like the the things we're doing there and like the expectations and uh the, the just the project focus is a lot more a little more serious a lot it, it's a different than than something like this where there's no stakes it doesn't really matter if it looks good or not like it is largely a vessel to hang out and tell jokes uh and and it, it's chill whereas like the game jam stuff you're like that's a that's a busy weekend um and by the end of it you're tired and and maybe a little bitter depending on how things go so those are that those have been fun and we've definitely done jokey stuff and none of it's really been released which sucks uh but like this 
I think being involved in something like this where like you, your contribution could be like literally just text jokes that someone else photoshops or you photoshop something once and hand it to them and then like someone does more work, you know, just the the collaboration can be really lopsided, but nobody cares. Like someone's probably doing more work than somebody else, but it it's not like a stress point because it's a VR chat world and everybody's in a discord hanging out. Like you said, I, I, I don't know that that always seems really fun. That kind of stuff. And it's just, it's unique. Like, uh, I know VR chat had some drama with that, uh, the anti cheat, whatever. And people kind of flipped out about it. And so I see a lot of people talking about, Oh, I'm going to use chill out VR, or I'm going to go to Neos VR. And then the stuff they share is always like, look at this tech demo. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I tried Neos and, like, I tried exploring and there's not worlds. It's just people standing around, like, sharing programming notes. And not that that's not neat, but that's not at all what I get out of VR chat. Like, they are not equivalent. Right. The one, um, the, the Discord I'm in for vocals, there was a time where we were kind of going to do a, a, a collaborative effort and, and cover a song because uh, uh, someone in this and this band had passed away and it was going to be kind of like a commemorative thing like that. And it, it would be a, a good uh, excuse for everybody to practice. And that got like vaguely outside the planning stages and then just fell off and it didn't go anywhere. Um, which I feel like is really common for stuff like that. So whenever you see something that's like done, like that's also an achievement of itself. Like, Oh, that not only did they get together and have fun and be stupid, but they actually like, made a thing and released it and you can go there and even if it's jank it's still like it's done it's out there it's it's an experience i think that having fun is just really important when you're yeah trying to do something like play a game which i i think people forget i i, <laughs> I don't know have you been seeing that what people not having fun or yeah, it's like the it's, but almost like the goal is to be upset about something. Like they look for problems. Oh, um, I feel like there's that's like the internet in a nutshell. Some days where you can't just like have actually, I I encountered that like literally forty minutes ago. Maybe it was uh, so Marvel is putting out a new show called what is it, Werewolf by Night, and it looks like it's in black and white. Maybe and they uh. I guess I've announced that it is going to be classified as a comedy. And people are fucking mad. They're making this funny werewolf thing. That's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be serious and scary because it's werewolves. And they read the comic once a long time ago. And I'm just like, guys, all of Marvel stuff is like comedy. Like, there isn't a Marvel thing out there that now that doesn't have the Marvel quips. Or the, the musical cues. Or any of that shit. Like... This sounds like it fits in their cinematic universe, which makes sense because they have a cinematic universe. Also, no one knows what this fucking property is. No one cares that much because it's werewolf by night. Like, if you like the property, be happy. You're just getting something, right? Like, I don't know. Like, there's that or like the Little Mermaid stuff or or, um, people being mad about Lord of the Rings or whatever. And it's just like, what if you just weren't mad about any of that shit? Would your life be better? Did you watch the Lord of the Rings yet? Uh, no, I don't have the Amazon. So, uh, I, I watched the first episode. 
And I said, eh, it's not for me. And I like, I moved on with my life. And someone in a Discord like reached out to me because they had to vent about something that happens in episode four or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about it. Like, it, it seems like you're unhappy. Why are you spending the energy if you don't like it? Right. I, I, I just I sincerely bit... don't understand. I, I've definitely like hate read comic books. So I'm kind of like, you know, not the, the, the poster child for, hey, if you don't like something, just don't consume it. But comic books only take like 10 minutes to read. So and I don't do that anymore. Now that I don't do a podcast about comic books, I don't read the shitty ones to have something to talk about because it's not homework anymore for a, for a show. It's I only read comics I like. And if I don't like something within the first four pages, I tend to bounce off uh, just because there's no point in wasting time. Uh, so if you're not on a podcast or doing a YouTube show about Lord of the Rings, like, and you don't like the new show on Amazon, you cannot watch it. Okay, I got another one, and this this came up today. Um, so have you seen? Like, I, I'm pretty sure you're not even following Overwatch right now, but have you seen the new character? I have not. Kiriko. Oh, okay. You got a little little, uh, little cat ear helmet. Little. It looks like a uh, bike helmet almost. Yeah, uh, this is a little gameplay trailer if you want to like watch that while we talk. Yep, but, I just clicked uh, it. She's a healer. Uh, new character coming on the 4th of October. And th- there's, a, there's some controversy tied to this uh, because you unlock the character in the battle pass. Okay. So... There's an argument that that makes the game pay to win because you're getting more options and characters by paying, and it that might upset the balance of the game. And I understand the concept behind that argument. Sure, but it's like there's like h- how many healers? Like I I want to see this. I want to see the matchup where if only we had Kiriko then the whole game would have changed. Because for the most part, the healers have some overlap on what they can do, right? Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, so <laughs> this leaked a week ago. So everybody was already mad. Uh, Blizzard bit the bullet, and they came out today and just unveiled it properly like they had scheduled. Uh, they said, yeah, here's the battle pass. Yeah, she's in the battle pass. What about it? And what they explained was, like, they have metrics of, like, who plays Overwatch. There's a big chunk of the player base that only plays one or two characters. Oh, that doesn't surprise me at uh, all. The, there's a bigger chunk that plays, like, a maximum of 12, which is about half the characters. Y- you tend to practice a character and get good at it, even if you're learning different roles. You tend to have a go-to, like, if you need to heal... You have one or two characters that you would really prefer to pick to heal. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's like, I, you know, I don't think it's that big a deal if I don't personally have Kiriko unlocked. I don't think that affects me so much. And then on top of that, when a new character does come out, you can't pick duplicates anymore. So it's always like a fight to get there. You yeah. know? So it's like, is this really going to... Uh, this might not even feel different. Everybody's like overreacting. I, I was listening to this video and this guy is like angrily yelling and ranting for half an hour. 
and I realized halfway through this, it's like, I don't think this guy even cares about Overwatch. Like, he, he is so worked up because the buzzword of pay to win. So he has to for his viewers or something or because he just he has a habit. I don't know where this is coming from because I don't think he actually cares that much about Overwatch itself. And the more he would talk about it and the more I thought about it, it's like, you know, I, I'm looking forward to Overwatch 2 more than I thought I was, I guess. Because by comparison... I'm a super fan if like, yeah. the other fans are acting like this. You're like actually well adjusted though. Uh, is I think the problem. But also hate and anger like really sell. Like they really sell right now. Uh to like, a frustrating amount where something happens and literally everyone seems like they have to be on the discussion and the popular thing is to be angry so that's what they're going to do whether they care or not. Or whether they're even involved in the property or not. The idea of Blizzard being like, hey, the game's free, but you gotta buy a battle pass for stuff, and that's how you're gonna get the new characters, is like, that's a smart business model, that makes sense, because you're gonna get people to come in back and try it, and if they really like it, they'll buy the battle pass, and if they don't, they still might play, and the game needs a player base to survive, and like you said, most of the time, you're not playing all the characters, you don't get good with all the characters, we were kind of weird in that we played a lot of different characters, but even then, I don't think we played all of them, and... I don't know. I always had my preferences on healer. I didn't like the um, the, the the floating robot. I was a horrible healer with him, so I, I didn't really ever use him. Um, Anna, not, not great with her, but I'd use her sometimes because her kit was fun, but we'd usually lose. It's like, no, if I'm going to heal properly, I'm going to use Moira. Uh, I think a lot of people are, are like that or worse. They're like, no, I'm only going to heal with one or two characters, and they'll try this one and be like, ah, I don't like the kit because it doesn't quite mesh with my play style or it's not familiar enough, or her her dance is annoying because sometimes that can make or break it. So, yeah, I, I don't. I'm surprised people are mad. I mean, I'm not that surprised because everyone's fucking mad about everything now. But like, this is the one time it feels like Blizzard didn't fuck up in a royally huge way, and people are still mad. It's like, come on, like what? They're not gonna give y'all fifty bucks. Like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give them some some leeway here. Oh, you know, I want to add something else, too, as long as we're on this topic. Um, the the character on the Battle Pass, she's on the free tier of the Battle Pass. What does that mean? So, like, you can unlock her without dropping a dime. Oh! Well, fuck. That's great. So now everybody can play her. I think... Good. Yeah. I think that if you... Um, if you buy the battle pass, it either like skips you to her or it unlocks her early. And that's where the argument's coming in. But it, it's not like permanently locked away. And there's some other stuff too, or even after the season, there's a way to unlock her. So it's like, it, it, it's not quite as bad as it might sound on the surface level. Uh, the other thing was with this character, if you have Overwatch 1, then you get her for free. Which I think is oh. most people playing Overwatch 2. Now, uh, the yeah. next character that comes out probably won't get that perk, but everyone's, like, flipping out over Kiriko, and it's like, this is the least controversial thing Blizzard's done in the last five years. Exactly. Considering, like, how abusive the company has been in the media on the back end over the last, like, two years, them uh, releasing a character ostensibly for free if you're already a fan of the game is... Uh, way above their bar, uh, it seems like. I, I don't understand. You know, 
Oh man, I mean, I'm looking at some of the skins on this battle pass, and I might buy it. <laughs> oh yeah. On the topic yeah, of like, I... <laughs> on the topic of like rage and hate selling, I will say the one thing I respect about I don't like music reaction channels or content like 99 percent of the time. I think they're just a total vapid waste of space. However, they are almost always positive because it's someone reacting to a song and being like really excited or happy and trying to share. Because that's kind of the whole point of, of reacting to a song live is to you're hearing it for like your friend shared you this song and you're really excited to hear it. And so as, as stupid as most of those videos are, there's at least kind of a wholesome like trying to do good and be positive to them that I think is lacking sometimes. Um, I, I don't know. I just I just thought of that real quick. And it, it, it's kind of funny. Oh, some of these skins are pretty cool. Yeah. No, you're right, though. I, I think there are some hobbies that are healthy. And video gaming... Man, video games is maybe the cheapest hobby you could possibly have. And it has the most angry and entitled people ever. It's... It, I think it, it, there's like a childishness to it that... I uh, it, I used to read comments and assume, yeah, but this is probably coming from an 11-year-old. And then once YouTube became a big thing, and I'm seeing, like, 30-year-olds articulate these child arguments, it's like, oh my gosh, what in the world are we doing? Yeah. Yeah, so the Overwatch 2 Season 1 season is deliberately themed around cyberpunk. So I might get that season pass. I don't I have to see if the game feels good or not, but sure. that's a theme that I enjoy. And if the next yeah, theme yeah, yeah. is dinosaurs, well, then you, you, you tricked me, Blizzard. You got me. But I don't think this is bad. <laughs> I'm a little surprised. It, I don't know. Like, like I said, I, I feel like it seems, it, it seems like it's on the up and up to me. Uh, but I'm also someone who's probably not going to play it. I might have actually uninstalled all my Blizzard shit. Just because it's been so long, and I, I don't know, I, 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 mean, I was not having that much fun with Overwatch when we stopped playing. So I don't really have yeah, anything I, to go back. I have not had Overwatch installed in like a year and a half. Like, I, I just, it, seeing some of the stuff, it's like, oh, well, well, maybe I could give it a try. I'm not necessarily, like, won over yet. Also, Battle Pass is $10. That's not the worst. No, that's not bad. You get, what, a shitload I could of waste skins $10 and a character? Somewhere else. Like, yeah, I I don't really care. That's that's really I don't think that's really asking much. Admittedly, like I'm in a position where ten dollars isn't asking much. Um, other people it might be a little more steep, but then it's like then you gotta make a concession and maybe you don't buy the battle pass and you miss out on some skins and a new character for a while. Like you still get to play the game for free. Yeah, the whole the access to the entire game is still free. So that's the other thing. Like when people say, I'm not going to spend $10 and I kind of wonder the people saying that I'm sure a lot of them never bought loot boxes, but I bet some of them did. And mm -hmm. I have to wonder, did you spend $10 on loot boxes? Like you're really saying this battle pass is obscene. I know that's not everybody, but I'm sure there's some people out there that maybe have to think about what they're really saying. I'm pretty sure I've spent $10 on less. Um, 
Speaking of uh, things that we don't like or, or, or things that are making us angry, though, I've been watching the Book of Boba Fett. I'm not done with it. Um, five episodes in. I'm already and angry. I know. Oh, wait. Episode five is really good or Mandalorian shows back up. I, I had a lot of fun with that one. I have get what large. What was your favorite line from Boba Fett in that episode? He wasn't in it. It was cool. I actually don't dislike mm. Boba Fett. Um, but I understand. Like I'm watching this, and I'm like, I bet Jean Luc hates this show. It just, it just feels like it's doing something not quite right that fans want it to. I, I've been on record many times. I don't respect the sanctity of Star Wars or any of the lore or canon. So for me, I'm watching this going, wow, they finally gave Boba Fett some actual screen time. That's nice of them. Don't you know? And it's not perfect, but it's scratching the Star Wars itch in a way that doesn't bother me. And so I'm having fun with it. Uh, I like that there's like a bunch of dumb, weird kids in a gang where they augment themselves and they drive mopeds because those look like fucking mopeds. And it's super funny. It's stupid. I don't I think it's bad storytelling, but like from a visual audio perspective, I'm like, look at the fucking green and yellow Power Ranger mopeds. This is neat. And I could just, you know, be okay with it. Yeah, I think that's the... And we are talking about this earlier. You're probably in a much better place to enjoy this than I ever am. Right. Because you were, like, sending me, like, stuff from comic books. You're like, no, Boba Fett has, like, an actual character that's established and canon because of Marvel owning the Star Wars comics. And you're like, oh, this looks better than what they're doing in the, uh, in the show. Not gonna lie. It does look better. But... I don't know. He's, Did you he's know the actor animals was, was unhappy? Was... Oh, was he? Yeah, apparently he kind of leaked in an interview. Like, he, he kept telling the director, but yeah, I think Boba Fett's talking too much, and I just stand there. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think my biggest issue with the show is that it took four episodes to get some vague understanding of why he's trying to take over Jabba's Crime Lord Palace. Uh, Because that that had never made any sense for, like, the first three. And even in the fourth, I think the justification's a little weak. And I'm just like, why do you care about any of this shit? The the Sand People stuff was kind of fun, and I like that he's, like, vibing with stuff, and he's good with animals. That's kind of cute. And he's, like, the nice one, and Fennec's the mean one, so they got the good cop, bad cop thing going. But he's almost, like, willfully stupid when it comes to the politics of this world. And he's like, I'm going to be the honorable one. And it's like, bitch, you're a crime lord. That's not going to help you. Uh, I, I've seen I've seen crime movies before. You need to start, you know, putting cements on people's feet and throwing them in water. Or uh, in the Sarlacc pit because you don't have water on Tatooine. So there, there, there's things I have issues with. But I'm still like, I don't know. It's been fun to watch it with the family and, you know have like a little, a little drink or something and just kind of enjoy Star Wars with the parents and pet the cat. You know, it's, it's, there's just, there's just kind of a, a something about it that works for me. And I, I do think as bitter as I am, this show has an audience and it's just the audience isn't me. And sure. I think that's something that, uh, like we're talking about hate watching and stuff. Um, I did watch all of Boba Fett, and we watched it as a family, but it's kind of like I'm never watching this again. Like I, It's like I'm frustrated. I was unhappy with the finale. Like, 
I just like once it was over, it's like, well, I don't have to do this anymore. And I walked away from it. And I think it, I think it's interesting, again, like when I stumble on YouTube videos where somebody is like, here's my three hour analysis on why Boba Fett was bad. And not that critique isn't a value too, but it's like, I don't see the value here. <laughs> right. I guess if Jenny Nicholson did a video on why she hated Boba Fett, if it was two hours long, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I knew Jenny video that's two hours long. I'm going to paint so many Warhammer to this. Right. So it really depends on, you know, if like you're an established fan or not. Well, and, and there can be good points too. Like I, 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 <laughs> I, um, I'm kind of fascinated with how bad Rise of Skywalker was. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a handful of videos like kind of articulating some of the issues in a ways that I didn't see before. Like, well, this is interesting. And I found this one guy that uh, he talks really interesting and I like his opinions and stuff. It's like, oh, cool. Um, I, I missed this video of his, but he did a review of Rise of Skywalker. So I wonder what he has to say. And it was a half hour of him just saying how much he hates it. And it was kind of embarrassing. Like it, it was, he was saying so little that I was kind of surprised. Uh, and I don't know if he was just having an emotional moment because he was looking forward to it or if he felt obligated to do this video because everyone else was and it's just, it's a YouTube thing. Like I, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't know. The whole YouTube stuff's weird. Uh, so I've talked about this guy before, but there's a YouTuber I watch called the Punk Rock NBA. He does music stuff. And his main channel is largely like information on genres, uh, his history pieces on bands. He'll be like, hey, wh- here's why I think the band Polyphia is really blowing up right now. And he'll talk about like their marketing uh, and things like that. And, and it's interesting because he's got a decent marketing background and he used to work in magazines and it was a graphic designer and stuff like that. So he's got like some good background in and and how to sell a product and then he's got his own a secondary channel where he'll actually talk about his opinions on music and people ask him like why don't you talk about this on your main channel you know what why don't you tell people hey what you really think of this band and he goes because the fans of this channel don't actually like my taste in music they're here for business analysis and history lessons and if i start the more i talk about bands i don't like the angrier everybody gets so i keep it to my secondary channel um I don't remember why I went on this tangent, Cameron. Well, oh, you're talking about like people being angry and it's embarrassing. And and so he's he avoids that by just being like, I'm going to put my angry shit on a completely separate place you have to go find. And I'm going to put all my really composed, factual, and that analytical stuff in this place. And I think that's kind of fun. Like, I think that's a good way to do it. Because I, I generally don't like his taste in music. I watch his secondary channel because he's entertaining. But he... We, we don't have, we, we have very different tastes in music. And that's fine, because I, I feel like he's a little more articulate than I hate this. So I can at least, like, you know, understand his opinion. But I also get that what he's doing is a good business move for him. And it, it, per, it lets him not be embarrassing uh, by raging for 30 minutes on something. So speaking of being embarrassing. Yes. I... Uh, I, I recently started a YouTube channel just to vent about Warcraft, right? Yeah. My intent isn't to be negative, <laughs> but it's like I have a lot of things I want to say, and I feel like a lot of it's going to come across negative. 
And I was talking to you about how, like, I don't want to just constantly be complaining. And he gave me that good advice of, like, counting off episodes and, like, making sure there's a positive one thrown in every so often. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I need to do that. And I'm looking at the calendar. And I think right now is the time to do, like, a post-mortem on Shadowlands. Because the, the new expansion's, like, out next month, kind of. Yeah. Or it's starting. And it's like, oh, I don't think I have a single positive thing to say. <laughs> so you're not counting your intro, which I won't because it's just a, hey, here's why I'm here. You have three videos, so this will be your fourth. I would say every fifth, um, every fifth video or, or more often if it comes up, like try to do something positive. And it doesn't have to be current. It could be something small, but just... World of Warcraft is so big, and you clearly have positive things to say about it. I do. I think what you're going to find is people will give a lot less of a shit about your positive viewpoints, because that just seems to be how it goes. Uh, I've talked yeah. about this before, but like um, uh, James Sterling, or James Stephanie Sterling now, uh, their YouTube channel is largely very negative stuff about video games, and every time they post a positive video, it gets like remarkably less video uh, views, and then... All their fans are like, how come you don't talk positive about the game industry at all? And they're just like, when I do, no one cares. People want to see me be angry, and there's a lot to be angry about, so I do that. And I think you're going to run into the same thing, because those are the opinions that, I don't know, they just get, fucking get the blood boiling, I guess. And it sucks, because I'm trying to get away from more of those angry opinions, because I just... the Life is hard enough without being mad at shit that I don't actually care about, right? Like, I, th I think that's the thesis of this episode. <laughs> Also, this and brandy it's not easy Manhattan to, is good. It, or, or I guess, or rather, I think being aware of this and keeping it in check is important. And I think sometimes we just we get in the habit and we don't realize how like we're only consuming negativity, mm -hmm. or whatever. Like whatever it is, it's just sort of like when you step back and realize, man, I've been negative a lot. In fact, that's one of the reasons why we we always end the show with a glad space is because it's like every episode we're gonna make sure we say at least one uplifting thing. Yeah, you know, no matter what the topic, we're we have a reserved space for positivity to make sure that we never forget to be positive, because it's hard. You can forget. You can, and I'm always happy when, like, even if I've had a bad week or a really busy hard week, like this week's been kind of go 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 go. But when it comes to like my glad space, like I have a couple things I could choose from, and most of it's small. Like, oh, I had dark chocolate Reese's peanut butter cups for the first time this week, and they're fucking great. Like, God damn, you know, like, but sometimes that's all you need, right? Like, you know, you could like have a good day because you had a piece of candy that was really tasty and you hadn't had that candy before. And I think it's important to remember that, like, especially if you're on the internet a lot, like we are like, no, you can, there's good stuff too. And you listener, you curate your own internet feed for the most part. Um, I've really noticed that with Twitter where my Twitter feed is largely pretty fun and positive because I follow, like, I don't know, 30 or 40 people, and that's it. And it's stuff that either friends or friends of friends I like or properties I like that I know are not going to piss me off. And whereas Facebook is more of the shit show where I have family members and people I vaguely know and everyone's got opinions about things that they probably shouldn't have opinions about. And so, like, Facebook kind of sucks. There's more ads. And then Twitter is more fun because... That's how they're set up for me. So you can, you know, you can fix your negative uh, drip feeds if, if you put your mind to it. It's actually not that hard. 
Uh, I think it's hard. Uh. Um, we're at forty-three minutes. About uh, I, I do we got anything else we want to talk about? Um, I, I it sucks. I had like a list of things. I was like, I should bring this up. I should bring this up. I should bring this up. I write any of them down, and then fucking forgot all of them. Yeah, I wrote down a couple things we can talk about, but like maybe longer, maybe like a whole show on one of them. Uh, this is not my glad space, but this is a tangent and I'm happy about it. But did you see the, uh, the Warhammer dwarves coming out? No, I didn't, which is weird because I'm in that group with you and Herc and a bunch of other people about Warhammer. Oh, actually, I think maybe I did. I feel like people were sharing those Um, earlier. I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen them like leak here and there, like a few photos or whatever. I think they're really charming. Yeah. Uh, the first two models they showed off, I was the less excited about, but seeing the whole thing come together, it's like, yeah, I kind of like these guys. Are these 40k? Uh, yeah, they are 40k. I kind of want, I wonder if there's going to be and a box of these. There's, uh, there's a cool interview on the website. I can't find it on the front page or I would have linked you that one. But they interviewed the designers that like put the look together. And it was very interesting because it's like they wanted to reference like fantasy dwarves because that's kind of what you're looking for. But it really has to be the 40k setting. So it yeah. can't be like too cartoony. But they also should be dwarves. And so it was just it was very interesting hearing them talk about their lore and talk about like the concepts and stuff. So it's like instead of mining, they collect like all resources. So it's like they have they have like specialty factions that are like focused on collecting like biomatter and scientific research. And so it's like it's not just guys with pickaxes looking for diamonds, but there's a through line where it's like what what's the equivalent of sci-fi value information? Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Um, stuff like that. There's a uh, they they still have like the grudges and stuff, and they're all very um, they they're all like they're super xenophobic, and and they're super familial. So one of the gameplay things is, uh, there's a there's an ability in the game called uh, Watch Out, Sir, or or something like that, where if you target a captain character, um, one of your like little grunts can kind of like take the shot instead. So functionally, what you're doing is you have fodder units and then one strong unit that buffs them. Uh, One of the things the dwarves do is that they can all do that for each other. So it's not just like a captain. Like somebody would jump in front of their own robot because they're instinctively like they treat each other as equals. Okay. And so it's it gives you a different kind of strategy in the game, but also the more you explore that narratively, it's interesting because it gives them a different kind of personality than like uh, the Space Marines are all these like cold clones of each other that like don't even care, and it's like they're just war machines. And then the dwarves are war machines that love each other very, very much. And I kind of like that. Yeah, that sounds fun, and they look fun to paint, which is always like. My my favorite thing about Warhammer stuff. Like, I want all the models because they're so well done. I want to fucking paint them. Oh, you know, I got another one here. Uh, this is an article on some of the major factions. And b- basically, it's their color schemes. Oh, okay. And what makes them different. 
And uh, I, I, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of fun ideas in here where it's like, if I were to pick these up, I don't know what I would paint them with because there's so many options. I'm kind of digging these, um, the green ones. Yeah, the green ones are cool. I like the uh, the bright orange ones too. They're like, they're like safety orange. Yeah. I don't need more Warhammer stuff, but like, if there's a proper box of these that's like a thousand points and it's reasonable, which it won't be because it's Warhammer. Like, I could see getting it to paint them, and and I don't know. I like having my like bookshelf filled with fucking stupid little Warhammer figures. I need yeah, to I get mean, more I would keep an point. eye out for like a kill team. You know, you could yeah. probably get it like five of these guys, and they'd look like a cool little set. Mm-hmm. I know Herc was supposed to send me uh, the Demon Prince, but then that got all fucked up with the post office, and I don't know if that's ever going to show up or not. I don't really want to ask oh, him because no. I feel like an asshole. Like he sent it yeah. out, and then they they sent it back to him, and I they he, they didn't tell him why. And I know. Between money and time, like, it's just a pain in the ass to, to mail anything, so what are you going to do? Yeah, that's annoying. And sometimes it's the little things like that that just drive you just a, a hair bat shit. And you're like, what if, what if that thing didn't go wrong? Because it doesn't, it's so small, but it just adds up. Yeah. Uh, that's annoying. Yeah, and it's like a... <laughs> I'm looking at these new dwarves coming out. I'm not going to get these because it's like I have a backlog that I haven't painted yet. Yeah. And it's like I cannot it, I, I cannot justify this at all. Uh, but it's it's been interesting going back to the hobby discussion. Um, I'm seeing some people debate whether or not they think like a gun is overpowered or not. But there's been like no vitriol. <laughs> and it's like it's kind of refreshing compared to the Overwatch season pass conversation. Yeah. I hear a doggy. Yeah, hey, doggy. Oh, did you know they made uh, Warhammer 40k miniatures? Um, what? You heard me. I mean, I, I assume um, you're pulling my leg with something. I'm confused. They had a game where the the miniatures are even smaller. Oh. And wow, the idea was that oh, you like got a bigger scale of the battlefield that way. Jesus, those look hard to paint. So, what's funny is he actually points out they're easy to paint. Um, because, like, some of the details are just that much more forgiving because you can't make them out anyways. Oh, I suppose. And so, like, he, he uh, a fan sent him a box... And so he assembled and painted some, and he and he he talks about the history of the game and um and how some of the pieces were. And there, there's actually a very interesting community he found where people are like 3D printing not only recreations of these old pieces, but also new units for the game. And there's this like oh, small cool. niche community that's keeping yeah, it's called Epic 40k, and um there's a small community keeping the Epic 40k brand alive like under the radar which is super fascinating to me um but they're they're very cute little miniatures and it's almost like it's funny because they're too small to display because <laughs> it's like you might walk by and they'll blow over it's like yeah they're just so tiny it's it's charming 
but he shows some of the things he did to paint them and and it's interesting too because like he's using modern paints and he comments how like some of this might have been really hard back when they really came out but like the the really nice paints that they sell now are like you just brush blue over it and it magically looks correct Mm-hmm. that's adorable though so my goal tomorrow after work is I'm going to swing into a hobby store and try and find a Gundam model um, for like 25 bucks. I guess Hobby Lobby was having them on sale lately, and I'm, I'm going to see if I can get one and, and build and paint it. And I'm trying to figure out what uh, color schemes, because I kind of want to go ham on the paint job and like actually like paint it like I would a Warhammer figure and, and you know, light lighting and shading and maybe like dirt and grime if I feel up to it. Um... But there's something about Gundam models that they're so anime looking that I don't, I'm not sure, entirely sure how to approach the paint job. So have you looked listeners, up uh, videos? I looked up one that was kind of cool uh, where a guy was like basically painting it like he would a uh, a miniature, which is what I want to do. And he was doing some really crazy gradient work. He stuck to like the main color scheme, though. So he's doing a lot of different shades of blue on uh it was a goof model, G-O-U-F, which is what I'm going to try to get because that, that, it has a pretty cool weapon setup. Where it's got like a shield, but then there's like a Gatling gun coming out of the shield, which is just like fucking silly in the best way. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not think, sure like uh, what to do. Gundams are interesting because um, like I, I built one and I didn't paint it at all. I just used the, the molded plastic mm-hmm. and a couple decals. And not to say that it doesn't need paint, like it, you, the the final polish could really bring out some of the detail. But I was so happy with how it looked that it's like, yeah, I, I don't want to risk ruining it. So I was kind of just I called it done when I assembled it. It is possible that I will end up doing the same. I'm not, you know, till it's like in my hands and built. I, I've kind of it's all a little conjecture. Yeah, I think a little weathering might be neat, it, but it also depends on how you're going to display it because. Sometimes they look cool as models in, like, just a perfect A pose, so you can just see it clearly. And then sometimes mm-hmm. you want it, like, in this dynamic, cool action pose, and anything you can do to bring out the life is valuable. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I mean, it, it, it's possible the store won't have one either, and then I'll just be like, ah, fuck it, and kind of forget about it until my friend Matt shows back up at my house in January. Uh, but right now, it is like the thing to do after work tomorrow that is going to get me through the day. That sounds fun. I also feel I like I'm a little actually, worried. it is about that time. Yeah, it is. My last thought is I'm a little worried that I'm going to try and paint it and realize I'm not actually that good of a painter. And I and the the good Warhammer models sort of are very forgiving in a certain way with all the details. Like they look so cool that you can you can fudge a little bit and it's going to work. Versus something like this, which is way flatter, that if you fuck up a gradient, like, it'll be very noticeable. Yeah, you can also practice on the uh, the sprues that they come on. That's true. I would recommend that, just because they are different kind of models. Mm-hmm. Huh, I typed in Goof and, and DeviantArt to see some models, and then someone's parrot is named Goof, and so their parrot just showed up. That's cute. Oh yay! I don't need another drink, but I kind of want one. Shit. Why? Why is life gotta be that way? Brandy tastes good. But yeah, do we have a do you have a glad space? Should we move on to that? 
Uh, I do. I sent you a, a, a plastic paint tutorial video that has some cool visuals in it. I don't know if these is like going to apply to what you're doing, but it's cool. Yay. So, uh, Glad Space Time. Every week we pick something nice to say. And I want to recommend... I've been enjoying this YouTube channel. Uh, it goes by the name Bricky. Like B-R-I-C-K-Y. And actually, this is the guy who disappointed me with that Last Jedi review or whatever. Because it's like, normally he's very articulate and makes good points. And that's why I like him. Uh, but he does a lot of... Um, he does a lot of videos about a lot of different pop culture stuff. But he really likes Warhammer. And he did a couple videos just explaining what the different Warhammer factions are. So it's like, if you're 100% new to the franchise, you could watch his video and you understand a lot by the end. That's cool. I think uh, I've seen one of his videos. Oh, and I found out recently. Uh, you have. I think I sent you one back when like I was learning about Warhammer. Oh, okay. Um, but what I found out recently is that he does a lore podcast that has like maybe 100 episodes by now. And it's him explaining to his friend that does not know Warhammer something about the lore. So there, there's an episode about Tyranids. There's an episode about um, how space marines are made. There's an episode about specific characters. There's an episode about a specific planet where there's a cool story. And every episode, it's fun. It's accessible. It's a little silly because like his friend doesn't necessarily get everything. So he'll ask like dumb questions. But they're the kind of dumb questions you might ask if you're new. Sure. Um, and it's it's a fun listen to. So like even some of the stuff that I know, it's fun hearing them talk about it. So I want to recommend Adeptus Ridiculous, which is available where podcasts are. Um, if you want to know about Warhammer. Nice. You know what's fun about that is it kind of reminds me of the show that Emily and I do, the Warrior Chat spinoffs that show up every three or four months where like we just sort of talk to each other or talk at each other about a thing. Uh, there, there can be a lot of joy in just like having someone who's really enthusiastic about a thing, just explain it to you and just kind of, you know, experiencing it from uh, a hyper fan perspective, right? Like I get, I get, I get the appeal of that. Yeah. It's a good format. Uh, what should my glad space be? I think, um, well, if you if you listen to this podcast more than once, you know I, I deal with with metal vocals. So, the karaoke pick in my uh for my 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 coach's Discord where all the students get together, we do karaoke once a month. Um, oops, I sent you the wrong link. Is this song called "Mass Produced" by Oceano? And the uh, the chunk that we have to do is like the back like minute and a half of it. And I've been having a lot of fun practicing this song. Because if you click play on this and, like, hear this guy, his, his like, r scream is, like, a crazy huge roar. And so practicing that and trying to figure out how he's doing that and just kind of, like, reverse engineering it um, has, been, has been really fun. And I've been doing a pretty good job with it and just, like, you know, trying to get this down for, uh, for the end-of-the-month karaoke thing so I can razzle-dazzle some people. But it, it, it reminded me, like... If you're working on something, regardless of what it is, like I was getting kind of hung up on a few things. And so just like sitting down there so you can be like, my goal this week is to work on this and get this far by the end of the week. And all of the the shit that kind of holds me back or that I overthink, like I, just, I don't have time for this. So I'm just not going to do it. 
and it was a really productive week and it was really fun. And so I had a great time just like doing all that. Also, the song is really dope. So yeah, Oceano mass produced. I would recommend if you like heavy music, checking this band out. I guess it's been like 10 or 12 years since they put out. Oh, no, that's wrong. It's been like five years. It's been a while, though, since they started putting out new music again. So, uh, Fano fans of the, of the band are excited to, like, have them back. And they're going to, I think, have an album out this year. So, that, that's that been that's been a fun kind of hobby horse thing for me, though, this week. So, that that's made me glad. Yeah, this has a real rich sound. This is real impressive. There we go. I'm going to remember this time. I want to. I'm going to put a link to this in the show notes, so anybody listening can just scroll on over and click on that. Yay! I, well, like what you just said is are. very funny. That was unrelated. I just needed to clear my clipboard. Oh, I'm going to send that to Alice. She will find that funny. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we had a fun chat. Do you want to close out and say good night, everybody? Yeah, I can say goodnight, everybody. Da da da. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. And remember, if it's morning, I'm sorry. <laughs>